Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. It would also clarify a carrier's obligations to travelers in case of tarmac delays, including when passengers are authorized to deplane. Airlines would be required to seat children close to a parent or guardian at no extra charge. All right, that's Federal Transport Minister Mark Garneau speaking earlier today about this new passenger bill of rights. 403-974-8255 is our number here. We'll have more time for your calls uh, in this hour. We can certainly talk about this, but a lot going on today. Uh, Here's one more from Garneau. So the idea here is to give travelers a better idea of when airlines need to offer them compensation. And Garneau says on one issue in particular, uh, he is non-negotiable. No one who buys a ticket who is legitimately entitled to take a flight where it's within the control of the airline will be allowed to be removed from that flight uh, if they do not wish to. All right. So that's obviously in response to what happened, this controversy involving United Airlines and the passenger who was uh, dragged, bloodied and dragged off of that flight. Now, it doesn't sound as though airlines are going to be prohibited from overbooking their flights. But it does sound as though that once you've been seated on the plane, that you've got some rights here as a passenger. So joining us uh, for more thoughts on what this all means, uh, Carl Moore joins us, Associate Professor, uh, Days Hotel Faculty of Management at McGill University, an airline analyst. Uh, Carl, thanks again for your time. You're welcome to the program. My pleasure, Rob. Right. So, I mean, is, is all of this in response to this United controversy or have some of these issues been, been talked about for much longer than that? Oh, it's been around for a long time. And it's something where the uh, Canadian Transport Agency in Ottawa area has been working with this with the minister, looking at what they've do, been doing in Europe and the U.S. The U.S. and Europe have had laws in this area, I think, in the U.S. From around 2002, 2003, and then uh, Europe from 2005. So, it's been a long time, and also Australia has rules and so on. So the Canadians, uh, we've been looking around to see what other people are doing in terms of best practice and, and put together a program based on that. But certainly the incident with United, and then it's been very much in the news, even with Air Canada, over the last couple of weeks. And so that has really brought it to the public's attention. So I think the media certainly had a part to play here, but it's been something that's been planning for quite a long time. Right. Why is something like this needed? Well, it's because relative to the U.S. or to the EU, it's unclear in Canada. It's more left up to the responsibilities, by and large, of the airlines and to what they wish to do. Uh, you know, and it's Air Canada, Porter, WestJet. They're, they're generally, you know, pretty good airlines. But uh, as passengers, it's nice to have, it's preferable to have something where you know what your rights are and you can, in a nice Canadian way, demand them. Right. Uh, so... What is it we're trying to accomplish? I guess, you know, as the minister says, when it comes to, to passengers being removed from, from actual flights, being seated and being on the plane, that, that's an issue we want to address. But, I mean, this goes to the, to the issue of overbooking and getting bumped from flights. This gets into issues uh, around, you know, your, your property, if, if your property is damaged or lost with the airlines owe you. So how much, how much does this cover? 
Well, the details aren't fully public yet, so we don't know entirely, but some of the things I've been talking about that have been out there is overbooking, for example. Now, overbooking, I don't think is going to go away. But it makes sense from the viewpoint of the airlines, and they can look at statistically and know that X percentage, it's a small percentage, don't show up. And it's something where airlines are not great money makers. Remember, Air Canada was in CCAA protection bankruptcy not that many years ago. And, in fact, had a small loss this quarter. So it's something where the airline industry has moved to what they call unbundling, where you pay for your seat, you pay for your extra luggage, you pay for meals and so on, which means you can get a low price fare if you want, but if you want the extras, you're going to pay for it. And it's a thing where, with, with marginal profitability at times, overbooking makes sense because in the vast majority of times, it's not a problem, and at times, they offer money uh, for people to step down and, and, you know, in that case, not get on the plane. And most people are very happy when they do that because the amount of money uh, relative to the value of that time and their holidays or whatever it is, is fine, and they're actually happy by it. So it's not that it's a fairly unusual event where people are really unhappy with the overbooking. Though one of the negatives is from a sense is that um, low levels, the number of people on the plane is going up. So that's good news for the airlines, but it means that overbooking becomes a bit more dangerous. So that's kind of, <coughs> excuse me, a counter trend in the other direction. Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, to, to the point that, that the minister referenced about being on the flight, where you, you've been allowed onto the plane, you've been seated, and at that point an airline cannot remove you, why is that significant? What's the difference between being at the gate and being told that you can't get on the flight and actually being on the plane and being told that you need to get off? Well, I think it's what happened in the United States. They drag a 16-year-old, 9-year-old doctor off the plane, and the world saw that, the, the video of that and was just rightly horrified by it. So I think that's speaking to that particular incident, you know, and what happened there and just their awareness of Canadians of it. So I think that's what it is, because the vast majority of the time what they're doing is that you're sitting in the lounge and they say, uh, we need a couple of volunteers to, um, you know, wait for the next flight and we're willing to pay you X amount of money. And over time, that amount of money goes up. And what United suggesting the money could go up to, in their case, $10,000, which I think if they had asked who would like $10,000, uh, most of the hands on the plane would have gone up. But right. they were, you know, they, I think they capped it, as we call it, 1000 and so it was less attractive to everyone. But, boy, you offer me enough money, I'm off that plane. Yeah, I think a lot or of people case, would be. would be not off the plane, but in the lounge. Yeah. And so in the lounge, it's just less emotional, and there's less of an issue about having to have security come in and things like that. So I think... It was reacting to that event and saying this is not going to happen to Canadians or in Canada. Indeed. Well, but I mean, is that politics, you think, Carl, that people see that on, on the news? They're, they're outraged and the government's coming out and saying, you know, we're, we're not going to allow that here. It makes it, you well, know, they're politics, champions of the common man. Well, I mean, it's politics maybe, but it's good, good, good politics in the sense that, hey, you know, Canadians are horrified by that. And our Minister of Transportation assures us it's not going to happen in our country. We go, oh, good. Mm -hmm. That's the right thing to do. And I'm glad that Canadians have the common sense not to do what Americans do in this case. Okay. Um, should we be concerned then if, if we're, we're mandating that the airlines have to pay X amount for this or X amount for that and, and we're kind of limiting their options when it comes to, to dealing with certain situations, is, is it possible that that trickles down to, to higher fares? Probably a bit. Probably a bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, just, it's, it's natural, if you would, that I mean, the airlines are a business, so if the price of fuel, aviation fuel goes up, they have to put their prices up. If... Um, you know, if they have additional costs, like WestJet now has a pilot's union, if that leads to higher pilot wages, makes the pilots happy, but it's going to lead to higher costs. So 
I think it might slightly, but this is probably on a practical level, not a great deal of money, if much at all, for the average Canadian. Probably doesn't really have to worry about it. Uh, now, this will fall, I guess, to the Canadian Transportation Agency to oversee. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that's my understanding. It's the CTA that looks after it, and, you know, it's administered by other authorities to some degree, but that, they're the ones that are doing the, the, uh, the work on it, the research and recommending to the Minister of Transportation, Mark Arnault. Uh, do you think they're the right body to do this, or do, do we need a, a new or an, maybe an independent, different independent agency here? No, I think they've overall done a good job, you know, uh, all in all. And it's something where if there's re- legislation put in by the Parliament, which is the job of the Parliament, uh, what they can only do is uh, look after the laws that are in place. And so it's up to Parliament to create the laws which are needed in order to regulate the, this industry in a way that the Canadians want. All right. Well, well, we'll see how this all plays out. Carl, appreciate your input on this. Thanks for joining us here. My pleasure, Rob. All right. That's uh, Carl Moore, uh, McGill University, an airline analyst. His thoughts on um, what the, the, this new legislation is intended to do, the areas it's going to address. Now, we'd reached out as well to Gabor Lukacs, who we've spoken with before. He's an air passenger rights advocate. Uh, he's pretty skeptical as to whether there's anything, anything significant is going to change here. Uh, he thinks putting the, the CTA in charge of this is basically putting the, uh, you know, the fox in charge of the hen house here. Uh, so he says there are reasons why we shouldn't trust the Canadian transport agencies. Is there's an institutional bias. There's a track record of a lack of enforcement. The vice chair is a former airline lobbyist. The manager of enforcement is tied with industry. And their chief dispute officer is a lawyer who was suspended for misconduct. So according to him, if you got an issue, maybe you'd be better off going to small claims court uh, than taking it up with the, uh, the CTA. Uh, unfortunately, though, Gabor wasn't available to us. Anyway, but as mentioned, uh, the transport minister himself, Mark Garneau, is going to uh, on Angela Cocon's show a little bit later on this afternoon. So maybe we'll get some more clarity around some of these issues. 403-974-TALK is the way to reach us here today. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we can certainly talk a bit more about this. I know a lot of you wanted to weigh in on the uh, yet another distracted sea train death. Somebody not paying attention, walking in front of a sea train, and it ending tragically. Got a few other stories I want to get to here as well. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.